0: I probably shouldn't rub that on my face.
1: <laughs> the coronavirus story.
0: I'm nearly at 800 followers on TikTok.
1: I saw that. I also saw that the, uh, the thing you asked us to do, like the song about you, did not have nearly the same engagement as you shotgunning stuff
0: nope not even kind of
1: it's also worth saying that uh it had zero effect on podcast listening at least in the last two days
0: (laughs) but it's up there i mentioned the podcast on tiktok um i
1: was just oh i gotta i went into one of our email accounts for this And saw that we got a notification that we ended up on another podcast streaming service. And I literally do not remember what it was because I had never heard of it. I don't think. Let me see if I still have this open. It is. We are now streaming on. Wait for it. Verbal. V-U-R-B-L.
0: That's not real. That's not a real thing. (laughs)
1: So if you are listening to us on Verbal, you are the only person (laughs) listening to us on that platform. Verbal is, let's see, Verbal for audio for listeners and creators. Well, it's a real thing, I guess. I have no idea. Couldn't tell you. Hadn't heard of it. And apparently this happened like a month ago. I just haven't been in that email until recently.
0: So if you ever want to send us an email, the message I'm hearing is don't.
1: (laughs) Well, there's no reason for me to go into that email because we have six people who listen to us. Also, thank you to the six people.
0: And then the other three.
1: (laughs) Actually, the last time that I saw Dad, he made a very clear point to say that he has only listened to the podcast once. Or that the most recent episode at the time.
0: Sure, Dad so what
1: <laughs> either no matter how however it works out whoever is listening hi <laughs> <laughs> hello
0: we are still here
1: we are indeed 20 episodes strong
0: we're probably coming up on a year since
1: yeah did we is... come up on a year well today is the 14th as we're recording I don't remember when we recorded the first one, but it was released on the 30th last year. So Indeed. at this point last year, we were going back and forth. We did we did like a 15-minute, is this going to work, recording that we just did between ourselves. And then we did the first episode, which we ended up releasing, which was a, if this works, we will release it. And if not, we'll try again. And then I called which it episode named zero. Episode zero, yeah. which you've
0: hated this whole time
1: because so that's a programming thing like the one programming class i took in pro well in certain programming languages you don't start counting at one you start counting at zero and the reason i started counting this at zero was because we forgot to introduce ourselves and the podcast in the first episode because we didn't know whether it was going to be released or not well here we are episode (laughs) 20 the 21st episode brought to you by the two of us and that is all
0: (laughs) we have no support staff um if anyone wants to support our patreon you would be our first patron
1: (laughs) yes as of again march 14th happy pie day
0: i considered going out and buying a pie and then i I, did not
1: i bought a pizza that was my contribution to pie day
0: i was watching a pizza
1: I was watching a race earlier today, and like halfway through the race, the main commentator said something about it being Pi Day, and then there were just like random points after that that he would say Pi, just like mention Pi, right. and I was just like, "This is a little over the top, a little much. Let's scale back the Pi, pie references."
0: I hate to watch him call it. We want to come and go. My roommate wanted a Red Bull and I wanted some canned stuff.
1: Why did or you want some canned stuff? <laughs> I saw you try to shotgun soup. What is wrong with you?
0: <laughs> one of my friends bullied me into doing that.
1: <sighs> as long as I keep waiting, it just keeps getting worse. <laughs> I just got to do it.
0: <laughs> okay, what? I don't sound like that. Two, for the listeners, let me turn my gain down, I seem loud. Which one of these is gain? My gain's all the way down, I'll just move away. For the listeners. (laughs) Donk. I have a TikTok series where I just shotgun different things. And if you don't know, shotgunning is a way of chugging beverages. Where you stab a hole in the bottom, then you crack the tab, and all of the liquid just flows into your mouth. And I just, normally people do it for like alcohol, like beer, but I'll just do it with like energy drinks, sparkling water, the occasional hard seltzer.
1: One of my favorites, I think it was a sparkling water. You got done with it. And then the last thing in the TikTok was just, (sighs) oh, The only reason I know about this is because with the last episode and us talking about social media, you mentioned your TikTok, so I went to look at your TikTok to find the link to post in the show notes, and then it was just you shotgunning (laughs) stuff. It's like 22 of the last 23 TikToks you posted were you shotgunning things. Mm -hmm. I I forgot. I did not neglect. I forgot to link to your TikTok, but I don't know now that I remember that I'm going to go back and link to it.
0: Yeah, since then, I've gotten a lot of followers. A couple weeks ago, I had like 30 followers, just like people who I wanted to follow and then my friends. And now I have nearly 800. People just like these stupid videos.
1: Yep. I watched all of the TikToks that had over a thousand watches. What is... what is that the term? What is the term for views? Views. A thousand views. I'm not on the TikTok.
0: Yeah, my most popular one. Uh, Have you ever heard of Humex? It's like a... Is that the
1: juice or the thick whatever? Yeah,
0: it's like a canned juice, like canned Mexican juice. That video has nearly 24,000 views as of 7.13 p.m. tonight.
1: 24,000? Yep. What was it, I guess? I don't remember it being that high yesterday. Maybe it was. Yep. I have no memory.
0: twenty three point nine thousand
1: you and your your viral <laughs> things that you have go viral. I'm oh, an influencer man. now.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> sure.
0: If anyone sure. wants to donate to the canned, fun- the canned fund, the can fund, you, become a you do not use <laughs>
1: do not use this Patreon for that purpose <laughs> that nefarious purpose.
0: I don't know what you mean nefarious. I drew attention to our podcast.
1: The first $15 goes to paying for the URL. After that, I guess you can do whatever you want with the uh, the remaining what, what does it matter no one is donating <laughs> anyways. <laughs> Literally. So, breaking news, I started another podcast that by the time this goes up will be released. It's talking about the Vikings. And I recorded, yeah. like, the the quote-unquote ad break, but it wasn't an ad break, and I'm not creating a Patreon for it. I don't remember where the story was going. I started a new podcast. It is called Eric the Red Viking Superfan. So if you want to listen wow. to me talk about football, Elena <laughs> I doesn't. I do
0: not, but... <laughs>
1: It's also going to be on YouTube. I can actually record myself, video form, and audio form. So, go look for that wherever you're listening to this. Probably not on verbal yet, though. If anyone
0: wants to listen to a podcast where me and my roommate review bad horror movies, let me know when we'll get it started. (laughs) We have a lot of opinions.
1: How how many are you up to now? Because you're at like you were at some ungodly number 10 days into the year or whatever it was
0: (laughs) it's been a while since we've watched horror movies let me find my list
1: i think you were averaging two a day if i remember correctly
0: Uh, horror movies we have watched roughly 26 this year
1: so (laughs) so since the last time we talked you've watched like two or the last time we talked about this yep <laughs> I, I feel like you watched so many that first two weeks of january
0: we did because i wasn't in school and my roommate didn't work a whole lot now i'm full-time my roommate's working full-time
1: well our there schedules you go.
0: don't line up super well my roommate got a vaccine appointment for tomorrow my other roommate got one for wednesday i'm nice. on a waiting list
1: yeah i haven't even looked yet I don't know when it's going to be available in Minnesota. And and the thing is when it becomes available it won't be you can get it then like by the May 1st when he wants when Biden wants everyone to have it available. It's you are available to sign up for a time and then whenever whenever the vaccine gets there where you can take it then you can go get it. So who knows when I'll actually get one. It was weird when we were down to visit you going to target and they just had like the vaccine there you'd like people were getting vaccinated at target it's like huh i haven't seen this in edina
0: i mean i was not doing super great it is very difficult to find one um i've i think today alone i've tried three or four different times i've gotten all the way through a form before they're like we're sorry the appointment time you selected is no longer available then you go back it's like, we don't have any more vaccines Great. One of my roommates had planned to drive two hours for a vaccine before she managed to get in tomorrow somewhere closer. My other roommate is driving two hours to get a vaccine. Wow. One of our friends drove like two and a half, three hours to, I think, Dubuque.
1: Dubuque. I don't think Dubuque was that far away from you. Isn't that northeast Iowa? or am i thinking of uh, else? southeast okay i'm thinking of cities.
0: Else. i found cities. one available appointment in emmitsburg i was like i don't even know where this is it was it's like two and a half area. hours away so i was like i'm not i'm not doing that
1: that would be a bit of a hike especially since you would have to go back probably yep. to get the second one however long Emily's mm, supposed yep. to be getting hers on wednesday Her second one.
0: I was hoping I would have been vaccinated by or in February because that's when the police started getting vaccinated. But the Department of Public Health said that they could not vaccinate me a crossing guard under the umbrella of first responder, even though I work for the police department.
1: That is unfortunate. Well, it'll happen at some point, at least.
0: Mm hmm hopefully sooner rather than later oh before we get into our uh main topic for today do you want to see the stupidest thing i bought to make a a tiktok for sure this is a can of evaporated milk (laughs) (laughs)
1: is this worth it
0: (laughs) i was telling some of my classmates about my tiktok and one of them was like oh i'm trying to think of things i don't know like evaporated milk or something like i mean i guessed you hate me
1: (laughs) but then you are the person (laughs) who bought it
0: (laughs) it was only like a dollar
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: It's only five ounces. Five servings. <laughs> oh, bonk. Oh, boy.
1: Wow. Just wow.
0: I'm having a great time.
1: I Are you sure?
0: <laughs> I'm having fun. I think they're fun.
1: You don't look like you're having fun in some of them.
0: The overall concept is fun. The general idea.
1: <laughs> it's like the ones the ones that I watched, you're all like 3 out of 10, 2 out of 10, 1 out of 10. There was only like one that you rated above 5 of the ones I watched. Just in terms of, I guess, taste. I don't even know.
0: Like it, overall
1: experience?
0: It's overall experience,
1: yeah.
0: <sighs> the Humex tasted good. It was just too much all at once. Because it was viscous and a flavor that did not sit well in my stomach. Because when you drink all of it at once, it doesn't sit well in your stomach.
1: Yeah. Maybe you should try chugging a gallon of milk.
0: Oh. <laughs> Someone commented, can we make suggestions? Can you just do, like, water?
1: <laughs> was that Emily? Emily. <laughs>
0: Could be on the lookout for canned water. I know of one canned, like, still water brand.
1: I couldn't tell you. I drink Minneapolis tap water.
0: So the other day, we... Let me pull up the messages so I...
1: I guess I could do that too.
0: So for those of you who don't know, um, the Derek Chauvin trial is in the process of happening in Minneapolis. So the police officer who killed George Floyd. And right now they're going through juror selection. And we have a group chat and Emily texted our group chat. One of the days they were doing juror selection and said, basically they're trying to find an impartial jury. That's what our justice system says. You have the right to a fair and impartial right to appear in a fair and impartial court of law or whatever. But then Emily brought up the point of they're looking for people who haven't made up their mind but in order for Chauvin to be convicted don't we need some people advocating for the victim? The point being we don't necessarily want just peers of Chauvin because people may think he is not guilty because they are his peers. And Eric brought up the point jury of your peers you may also need peers of the victim as well. So in the case of this instant, peers being maybe some I don't know how old was George Floyd? 30s, 40s. I think he was in his 40s. Like 40-year-old black men. But in that case they they wouldn't be impartial because they are black men who probably not necessarily but most likely don't have a good view of police officers. And this kind of spiraled us into a—well, I didn't participate—mom, Emily, and Eric—into a discussion about the faults in our justice system and just kind of what's happening. Because mom brought up the point that if someone is completely impartial to this, like, what have they been doing? Like, you don't want someone in this trial sitting on the jury who has no idea what's happening— like, how could you have missed out on everything that happened this past summer? But also, in this case, like, I think a lot of people would say Chauvin is clearly guilty of something. And they've dismissed dozens of jurors, potential jurors, because they're all like, well, I think he's guilty of something. So, well, you can't be fair and impartial. So just kind of like, where do we go from here? What's, what's happening? The faults in our justice system. Are there faults in our justice system? What could we do to fix these? I think the answer to that one is yes.
1: I would say so. Having studied this for a small period of time a number of years ago. The interest I was thinking about the thing you mentioned that I said in this chat. I was thinking about it before this chat came up. But the uh the jury of your peers thing for a long time the issue was that a defendant would not have someone who either looked like them or believed like them or whatever as a member of the jury. So that is to say for a long time there would be people of color who were defendants with an all-white jury. And so the fight for a long time has been getting a more diverse jury so that a defendant who is in that situation has someone who... Is would actually be considered a p- one of their peers. In this case, it almost—I've been thinking about it—that it's almost the opposite, where the ju- where the peer of the defendant at this point would be more like having that all-white jury mm-hmm. versus the defendant in this, or not the defendant, the uh, the victim in this case being the uh, the person of color. So it seems like they're maybe some need to have, I guess, to to continue pushing for diversity in the jury pool so that everyone is represented in this case. Because it would be very easy if you had, in my opinion, it would be very easy if you had a a uh, a jury strictly of your peers who think the exact same way you do and think that something may or may not have been wrong or worthy of criminal offense or criminal punishment and so then they would be more likely to vote a specific way which is another thing that i think came up in this uh group chat that we had is that the the issue is that i think there are a lot of people who have this um this idea that the legal system is completely impartial like we you can think of like how Lady Justice, if you will, like the woman who carries the scales, like that image, the imagery for justice, she is typically blindfolded. And the idea is that that is done in order to maintain a completely impartial judicial system or justice system or criminal justice system. The actual reality of the fact is that we, as the people have created the justice system and amended the justice system. And we don't all have the same opinions on the interpretation of the legal system or the justice system. And so that's part of the issue in any, I mean, any trial, any interpretation of law, is that as much as we want to think that laws are cut and dried, there's black and white, right and wrong, in terms of uh, a legal understanding i don't think that's actually the case and so i think that's the general point that i was making
0: yeah one of the things you mentioned is getting a more diverse jury and i wanted to scroll through and make sure i found this tweet so i was saying things right esme murphy is a investigative journalist or something for wcco
1: the local cbs affiliate
0: yes and early on, when they were picking, I mean, they're still picking out jurors. I think they have like eight.
1: Uh, yeah, they're at the last I heard was seven. I don't know Maybe on seven. Friday what happened.
0: And they need 14, 12, and then two alternates. But early on, early ish in the juror selection, the prosecution is mounting a Batson, Batson, Batson. Batson I think it's Batson. Batson challenge because the defense had struck two hispanic jurors and at the time those were the two jurors of color and they were like well you can't you can't do that because they were the bats and challenges like you can't strike someone from being a juror just because of their race like you're trying to limit the diversity and you can't do that and it sounds like now they have more jurors who are people of color
1: yeah it seems a bit more mixed in that sense The issue, if I can cut into what you're saying, to talk a little more about that rule. From what I remember, having studied and listened to things about this, that rule is in place, like you said, in order to, uh, so that either side, the attorneys on either side are not able to strike someone from being a juror solely based on their race. The issue is that, and this goes back to, one of the Supreme Court trials we talked about earlier in this uh, in this podcast, not this episode, but a couple episodes ago, uh, McCleskey versus Kemp, back in the '80s, that went to the Supreme Court. You need to show that there was direct a direct decision or direct what's the word? Basically, that you you need to be able to show specifically that a person was removed because of race. And it needs to be, it can't be like statistical or, well, like feeling or whatever it needs to be. Basically, a person needs to say, I have struck this person because they are this race. And no one is ever going to say that. So challenges to that are are uh, numerous and typically unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. So I would not imagine that that will be seen to be what has happened.
0: Yeah, one well, I've... Esme Murphy, again, I've been kind of following her tweets. She has, a, like, a little bit... A little blurb about each of the jurors who have been chosen. So, like, this is a middle-aged woman who has children. Things like that. And a lot of them have been, like, this person thinks they can be impartial, but also uh, has concerns about the force that police use. And Mom brought up that... The jury is tasked with finding Chauvin innocent or guilty based on the law. And what I'm worried about is that in this instance, I think most, if not all, of the potential jurors are going to agree that Chauvin has done something wrong. But I think with the issues of changing the charge from third to second degree murder, I think they're going to have a harder time prosecuting, even though I think people would say, yes, this man is guilty. And so I'm worried that we're going to have a repeat of many other cases where a white man has walked free for the murder of a black man or child.
1: Yeah. To cut back in again on Friday, they did reinstate the third degree murder charge. So there are multiple charges that he is being tried on, and the third degree charge was brought back in. That's good. So that also- is in in addition to the second degree murder and the the various manslaughter charges that go along with that. I think the way it works, if I remember correctly, is that when you are charged with some, so say you're charged with second degree murder as Derek Chauvin is, then there are other things that you are automatically charged with the, the manslaughter charges, because if you are guilty of this one thing, then you're also guilty of the other thing, sort of not by default, but by logical, however that works. Mm-hmm. Logical conclusion. Yeah logical consistency logical whatever
0: yeah because mom said like if they think that what he did was wrong but not illegal which i think is often not often but occasionally the case for things like we think that thing is morally wrong but not illegal we need to change the laws but also in this instance like someone has died and i think saying oh change the law is a lot of kind of the neoliberal perspective on things where you're just like well let's let's change the law but then nothing ever gets done that's one of the main problems i have with democrats i feel like democrats are always like let's make change do things this was wrong this was morally bad but then nothing ever gets done
1: yeah the other issue in this case is that derek chauvin was a police officer on duty responding to a call at the time so there is a different standard for police officers because they're because of their job and because of how society has tasked them with the their role so Mm -hmm. the laws are different when the person is a cop which is why one of the reasons why police uh violence i guess in the last uh decade or so has been sort of at the forefront of the racial justice initiative Mm -hmm.
0: and then another issue though is like why do we think that it's okay for cops to like kill people like why do we think that is an okay like that just comes along with the job like people are still dying because if chauvin has the right to a fair and impartial jury Why did George Floyd not have that? Why was it just the opinion of Chauvin that what he was doing was the law? Why was he the quote-unquote law in that instance?
1: Yeah. I've been thinking, sort of framing it in my mind, as we are trying to define when it is acceptable to kill someone else rather than starting from a position of killing someone else is not acceptable. And... This is, this is where my um, my logical consistency personally gets challenged in terms of trying to determine whether I am a pacifist or not, because there are times where it seems like the only reasonable course of action is to stop someone, quote-unquote, at all costs, which there's a... I don't know if you know who this person is. There's a German theologian named Dietrich Bonhoeffer who was alive in the early 20th century. Like, I don't remember how old he was, but he was in the United States going to seminary and in New York and working in Harlem, I think, and ended up going back to Germany after the rise of Hitler because he felt a need to try and find some way to teach the church and to pull him away from the Nazi ideology and he was a pacifist but ultimately decided that the only course of action that he could go through with was to assist with a plot to assassinate Hitler and that he would deal with the moral consequences of being involved in that plot so that that is like way far down on one end of a spectrum like going to the the Nazi comparing to Nazi definition so, but that is where the the logical consistency issues come in is where where do I stand on that? But all that being said, I think there is, to go back to the legal piece, there is a reason that we have laws in place, and there's a reason we we create the laws that we do. And it is so that we have rules that we can abide by before we get into a heat of the moment situation where we're trying to define define morality in that moment rather than already having morality defined or attempting to define morality which again with the country we live in and the variety of opinions that people have is not an easy task
0: i think this might just be the way that i grew up but I think generally, well, I mean, specifically, in my case, I feel like we sometimes are taught to believe that police are above the law or that they are the law. I remember in, what, like fifth grade when we did DARE, Drug Abuse Resistance Education, um, we had a police officer come in and I remember specifically he asked the question, Officer Daniel... He asked the question, was, I was like, what is something that a police officer could be arrested for? And I just like, I couldn't come up with anything. I was like, well, they're police officers. They They can't be arrested. So I don't know if that was subconsciously taught to me through TV or parents or society. But if kids are going around thinking that police officers can't do anything bad, that can continue with you. Until later in life, until you either unlearn it or stick with it or what have you. Yeah. But I said something like, well, if they're speeding and they don't have their lights on. And then the officer was like, well, what if they're chasing someone and they don't want someone to know that they're chasing them? I was like, that's a good point. Then I just <laughs> couldn't think of anything else. Like, what what would a police officer do wrong? When I was like 10.
1: Yeah that i think is a piece of the cultural divide in the united states there are a lot of especially middle class and above white communities where cops are always the good guy no matter what and there are maybe instances inside of that cultural group where that's not the case but for the vast majority of people in that group that is the case like i can remember when we lived in champlain way back in the day i would have been six or seven maybe there was like a cop that rolled through the neighborhood one time and like the neighborhood kids went up to the cop and he like gave us football cards and this stuff all this stuff so it's like reinforcing this idea that the police are the good guys at an early age and then continuing through that so to have that experience and come to this place that i think is part of the reason why there has been such a struggle to try and redefine police and policing for that specific group of people mm-hmm. and to show that there are communities where cops are not the good guys or are not viewed as the good guys mm-hmm.
0: a lot of the things now that people who often view the same as me people are going around protesting and defund the police and a cab is the idea that Maybe a police officer might not be a bad person, but they are participating in this system which historically oppresses people of color, minoritized groups, and therefore, because of their participation in this system, they are part of the problem. Which I agree with. I think that we should be working to dismantle systems and re-kind of configure our justice system, because I feel like putting all of this on the police is bad i feel like having police called for like mental health crises crises crises
1: the the latter version of that
0: (laughs) i feel like that can go wrong in many ways in many instances something like a social worker would be beneficial because if you have someone come at you holding a gun and a baton saying don't kill yourself that can be very traumatic, I would imagine, for a person who is struggling with mental health. So I think re- that's part of the defund the police. It's not get rid of any sort of policing, get rid of all laws, we want complete anarchy. It's reallocate funds to places that can help prevent crime from happening. Because a lot of people view it as the police aren't there to prevent crime, they're there to punish crime that is happening
1: yeah i i neither fully agree or disagree with your position i think the so to take an example like a cab i think that takes the pendulum of all cops are always good and completely swings it in the opposite direction and neither of those positions is accurate so it's uh that i think is incorrect point number 2 would be fully defunding the police and completely in- eliminating them. I think that's also not the right decision. And there are some specific examples in my community that I can talk about in a second. But there I think is absolutely the case that there needs to be some sort of change inside of the system, whether that is whether that can be taken as a as a form of a reform. Or whether that needs to be a much more thorough stripping down and rebuilding of some sort of, uh, whatever the word would be, community safety type deal. Because it's fair to say that when there are not people around who are able to help enforce the law, then things sort of devolve into lawlessness. So, the issue is with the current policing system.
0: I think with the people who are like, well, not all police officers are bad, like th- the bad apples, it's just a few bad apples. I think looking at that analogy, we need to be a little bit more careful. So I saw an example from, I want to say Boston, that was like, 1,700 police officers have complaints against them right now. And someone was like, oh, it's just a few bad apples. And someone Googled like, how many police officers in Boston? And it was like, 1,800 And so, first of all, why are we, why are any of the police bad apples? Why are we letting bad apples into our justice system? But then, if these, it's not just a few is the problem. And then there have been many instances that I've seen on Twitter where police will try and like speak up against brutality and then they will be let go or they'll be in the system and just feel so uncomfortable that they have to leave. So it's like maybe the people who you are claiming are the the good cops. Those are the ones who couldn't stay in the system because it was too toxic. And why are we not talking about that as much as just trying to defend this entity?
1: Yeah. The movie Crash isn't that good of a movie, but that sort of situation is depicted in that movie. Not that good, but it won Best Picture. Go figure. Um... (laughs) what did you just say that i wanted to expand on
0: why are we letting bad apples into the police
1: yeah that's it's like because part of the thing is that typically police forces are called such and such a city's finest like mpd is supposed to be minneapolis's finest but like if 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 a lot of these different police departments are the quote-unquote finest from our community what does that say about our community but then, to go back to the when policing doesn't happen sort of situation, so I live not too far away from George Floyd Square, like, less than a mile away, and there are a lot of issues right now because that is called a no-go zone. The cops have, like, a two-block radius around with George Floyd Square as the center point where they don't go, and if crimes happen in that community, they're asked to come outside of the community for the police to respond to it so like if something happens like a carjacking or an accident or uh, someone getting shot they're asked to come outside of the no-go zone for the cops to actually respond and this became an issue two nights ago because there was a police chase through my neighborhood that ended at, like a block off of george floyd square and apparently the cops were told over the radio not to go into the square or into the no go zone but they were already in pursuit so the chase ended there and there was video from then from the from the aftermath where there were like 20 cops who were involved who were like they were called to get there as quickly as possible so that they could arrest the people who were involved in the police chase and then get out of there quickly but there have been like uh variety of serious crimes committed in that zone because people know that the cops aren't going in there right now so it's this very weird situation where it almost feels when you go to like the memorial sites that are at george floyd square it almost feels like holy ground while at the same time being this place where very to continue in the imagery very unholy acts are occurring so All of that to say, (laughs) I have, I don't really have an answer about, I don't have a full answer about where we are supposed to go or where we could or should go. And I don't know in the case of the Derek Chauvin trial specifically, if we have, if that's necessarily the context, things outside of that trial, I think are places we should. I'm just continuing to ramble here. Things surrounding the trial are things that hopefully will help to elicit change, but the trial itself is going to be change for something else, I think. I think the big thing with the trial specifically is that in, I think, in the city of Minneapolis, but for sure in the state of Minnesota, we do have precedent for a cop being convicted for killing a civilian. But it was a black cop killing a white Australian in the city of Minneapolis. And that was, what, two or three years ago now when that conviction happened. So in that instance, we have an example of that sort of a decision being handed down. We're going to have to see now in this case what happens because I, have a, I imagine this is going to take a while.
0: Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm just worried that they somehow won't find him guilty or won't find him guilty enough and Minneapolis will burn to the ground because i think this has been a lot like a lot of years of racial tensions building up in this country because i mean we've seen the dozens of people killed by the police and then the police or not even police just other civilians like um trayvon martin and George, george zimmerman george zimmerman george zimmerman being let off and um mike brown Brianna Taylor, those cops, were I think yeah. one of them was disciplined, but none of them have been let go. They walked into her house, the wrong house, um, after already finding a suspect and then shot her eight times. And that's one of the things that people who just blindly support the police, like, well, police are inherently good. I think that is a bad position to take because they take up this defense of well if you don't do anything wrong you have nothing to be afraid of when in a lot of instances yeah, that we've seen case. like Brianna Taylor was literally asleep when the police barged into her home and killed her um like Tamir Rice he was a 12 year old boy who was killed by police because he had like a bb gun and police were like it looked like a real gun like they're not these people aren't doing anything wrong and In a lot of instances, it's racial profiling or issues with police being power hungry or not the finest of the city that they represent. Just the few bad apples taking things too far. Yeah. That was a quote-unquote few bad apples.
1: Yeah. To return to the point about what's going to happen in the aftermath of this case, Minneapolis right now is in a very weird sort of limbo i guess you could say so along with being less than a mile from george floyd square i'm also less than a mile from the whichever precinct building is fifth third whichever one didn't burn down and they have like concrete barriers and fencing up around that building and then they also have concrete barriers and fencing up around the courthouse downtown and then they probably have other things somewhere there are a lot of places that haven't taken boards off their windows since last summer like, I, I walked downtown to go past the courthouse, and the WCCO TV station is still boarded up. That's at least one of the—the one, the one place that I saw that I actually knew what it was, so it stood out. So it's good. It will be interesting to see what happens. Plus, it's just—when—I uh, I mean, you can even think back, not just to last summer, but when Chauvin was released on bail, there were issues that night. Mm -hmm. At that precinct building. Yeah. So we'll have to see.
0: Back to just kind of like the general conversation about policing. I feel like Ames is the best place I've lived for community and police relationships. Because we're close enough to Des Moines that like we see all of the news of Des Moines police officers and all of their cases of um, misconduct And, like, this past summer when I would go to protests and see all the protest coverage would just be, like, tear gassing and rubber bullets and whatnot. But in Ames, like, that doesn't happen. Like, I don't want to say all of the police here are good. Also, I do work for the police department. Um, (laughs) Everyone's automatically good. Like, I don't know anyone in the police department. I know the one person I send my timesheets to. But... The police, there was a protest in Ames shortly after a protest in Des Moines, and the police came, they listened, they were like, we respect your right to do this. They didn't have any sort of riot gear or shields, they just came out of their offices and started handing out water bottles, and I think that was big for the community, because even though Ames has a whole bunch of racial justice issues... It was nice to see that not be immediately escalated into, well, we're going to tear gas the sh** out of you.
1: There was, on top of the police chase that went through my neighborhood two nights ago, there was a fire in the house next door yesterday. And my one roommate who was home said it was the strongest, most distinct smell he had smelled in the neighborhood since the tear gassing that was happening back in June. So that was, a, that was an eyebrow raiser for me. But we keep, like, jumping to tangents and then coming back. So let me continue <laughs> the trend here. To go back to that the difference between Des Moines and Ames that you've seen, it's, it feels like it's not just a city-by-city a city issue, but it's almost a person-by-person person issue. Because so I feel like a city could change and then have a different person come into power and change back to some other thing. So there's that aspect. I also think Ames being a college town has sort of a different ethos, if you will, to Des Moines. But it's like you're, we're seeing issues across the country like the Derek Chauvin trial here. Or like Des Moines is currently prosecuting a journalist for involvement in being a journalist during mm-hmm. the riots last year. Or like I had thought about moving back to Denver recently. And in Aurora, they're having issues still with the uh elijah mccain mcclain the elijah mcclain uh killing and um there are currently protesters who are being prosecuted for kidnapping for surrounding a police building so it's like this it's not just one part of the country it's like all over the country and we still can't seem to be able to build consensus about how to respond and we can say that it's been, whatever, it's been nine years, not seven years since uh, since Ferguson. But this really has been like a since the founding of the country issue.
0: Mm-hmm. And one kind of tangent that I want to add back onto about Ames. Ames still does have a lot of problems with policing. Um, I remember when I went to that protest, I was one of the first people to show up and no one really knew what was happening. And I was with a bunch of people, just random people, like Ames police killed one of my friends. I was like, that's bad. That is a bad thing to have happened. And I know someone who has been pulled over, I think, three different times for the same issue, which they are not breaking the law for at this point, but they've. Are, they are a person of color and they have continued to be pulled over by the police. It's like There still are these underlying issues of policing, which maybe aren't as strong or maybe not as visible as the issues in Des Moines, but they do still exist. They are still there.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it is a question of what do you see the paradigm for being a police officer as? So do you see being a police officer, being a person who is supposed to come in? This is going to be not the, this is not going to cover the entire spectrum. But is a police officer supposed to be a person who comes in and fights crime? Or is a police officer supposed to be a person who comes in and serves the community? Mm -hmm. Obviously, those don't cover the entire spectrum. And in some cases, those will intersect. But I do think something you said earlier in this conversation about what we saw on TV depicting police. I think that does have an incredibly large influence on how people see the police and sort of what the expectation of what a police officer is supposed to be and what a police officer is supposed to do. Because in large part, police officers are depicted in TV and movies as the always good guys who are there by whatever means necessary pursuing bad guys. And it's like, that's not the way real life works but we i think we have this expectation for a lot of things but policing specifically for this of seeing things depicted in media and thinking that's the way things work out.
0: Mhm. Yeah, people people my age um I think rightfully so view a lot of those shows as copaganda, propaganda teaching yeah. you that the cops are inherently good. So I can't things disagree with that. Things like uh NCIS, or Castle, or Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like, they have these ideas that they're yeah. going after the bad guys. They got the these zany characters. Look how much fun the police are. It's part of the reason I refuse to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, because based on what I know about our justice system, I know there are a lot of flaws and things that are morally unwrong but not necessarily illegal like mom was saying but i don't want to be kind of coerced into believing that well they're all just like andy samberg
1: and there are parts of those shows when i have watched them now that i have a little better understanding of how different things work systematically it's like oh that's not how that actually works Nope, that's not what that person would actually do. Nope, that's also not how that... So it's just like a... It's being developed inside of a writer's a writer's mind, whether they have actual experience with... First-hand experience with that or not. Mm-hmm.
0: One of the things you said about the view of police providing community services, in my instance, I work as a crossing guard, and all of my friends call me a cop, which I hate. I was like, oh, you're such a cop. Because I work for the police department, but I have justified it to myself as, well, one, I need money, so I need a job, and two, I'm literally just providing a community service. I stand there and make sure kids don't get hit by cars. I like, I don't have any sort of equipment or anything other than a stop sign and a bright yellow vest. Like, I yeah. would like to, in theory, not be employed by the police department this is very easily a position that could be taken over by the school system because well, i'm
1: kind of surprised it's not too because that's how we grew up was crossing guards were part of the school system
0: almost all of them in ames are there are two of us and one alternate who are employed by the police department everyone else is employed by the school system but just these two intersections are still covered by the police so in discussions there were discussions about um bringing the cutting the Ames police budget in i think half like in the instance that happened a lot of these or at least some of the jobs could be transferred over to other entities
1: yeah and i don't even necessarily i wouldn't necessarily push back on the which certain positions are covered under the police department umbrella if if the roles were well-defined and the training was well-defined, even police training, I'm shocked that there's not more like, one, more training, but two, like more public relations training because mm-hmm. it seems like that's one of the biggest parts of the role is public relations. You're going in and representing the representing the government of the city to the citizenry.
0: Yeah, an issue that a lot of people brought up or have brought up historically, is that a lot of police officers in big cities are working in cities that they don't live in. Yeah. Um, And so how do you build that community relation if the people working in that community aren't even from that community? What ties do they have to it other than this is a job?
1: Yeah. Which is one of the issues that was raised in the the wake of George Floyd's death here.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. It has been a year.
1: Indeed. And it will continue.
0: It will continue.
1: Hopefully some changes will be made here.
0: Because I think opening statements for the trial aren't even happening until like the end of the month.
1: Well, they're not going to happen until the jury is seated and who knows how long I'll take. It sounds like from the few things I've heard, this process is happening maybe a little quicker than some people thought it would. The actual jury selection. I think some people thought it might take weeks.
0: Yeah, I mean, they have dismissed over 40 people, I believe. Potential jurors who said that they could not be impartial.
1: Yeah. And then there have been other strikes made by each side. hmm It also sounds like the, the main case is not going to be... Uh, Keith Ellison is not going to be the representative or going to be the lead attorney. Keith Ellison is the attorney general for the state of Minnesota. But he, because he was like the guy who was called on to be the guy back in June when the Hennepin County, whatever whatever the term is, that attorney was, was seen to be moving slower than he should have.
0: Mm-hmm. That's one of the main... I mean, I have several problems with the justice system, but the speed at which it takes things to get done. I watched, I don't remember what documentary, one of them, um, where someone had stayed in jail for like three years because they had a plea deal offered to them, but they were like, I literally did not commit this crime. And it took them three years to be tried and found innocent. So this person spent three yeah. years in prison. So... A swift trial like what is taking our justice system so long to get through these trials because now we have people walking around having taken plea deals to get out of jail on crimes that they didn't commit just so they didn't lose years of their life in jail
1: yeah there are a lot of problems with that in particular some of the time is taken to actually build a case and to gather evidence but some of it is just a backlog of crimes or of uh trials that are happening and with that being said it's some absurdly small number of crimes that actually go to trial like three percent the rest of them are either dropped or go to plea deals Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and that's not hyperbole it's actually like three percent of crimes that go to trial
0: Mm -hmm. but then even if you It's one of the things, it's like part of the system that is meant to continue to oppress people of color. It's like you get put on this stupid drug charge, and then you can either plea deal or stay in jail until your trial. And then no matter what you do, you have this criminal record. So even if you were innocent, you maybe spent the time in jail or you took a plea deal. So this criminal record follows you around and people... It's about the system of oppression. Yeah. Like, no matter what you do, you're in a bad situation.
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, this has been uplifting. This is why the few things I follow on Reddit, I follow the 2020 police brutality or whatever it is page, but then I also follow wholesome memes and rare puppers and all these things where i'm seeing a ton of positive positivity next to the the few bad things that i see yeah. just for like for my brain
0: it's also one of those things that like we have the privilege to step back from a lot of these issues as white people yeah so we don't have these like you and i are a lot less likely to be in an instance of police brutality Um, than a person of color in the same general demographics. Because we have the ability to step back from this. But people who don't, those people who are disadvantaged, they just can't step back. Just imagine the toll that takes on your mental health of never being able to get away from these issues because they're just ingrained into every fiber of your being because that's just how how you live.
1: Yeah. Just to survive. That's, uh, I have one experience, which happened in Guatemala, with which I'm able to use to empathize, empathize with people who live in that situation. Because I was stopped in Guatemala by two cops who were looking to shake me down and get some money. And that moment when you realize that you have no power, and if you make a wrong move, it could end very badly for you, is like utterly terrifying like you don't understand the meaning of the word terrifying until you are put in a situation like that like i was shaking for most of the rest of the night because of that and so i i don't remember if i've told that story in its full in its entirety here but i have on my youtube channel so if you want to see that you can find that there yeah i think we
0: discussed it in one of our previous episodes on this general topic
1: yeah but like that's that one instance is a lot of people's lives i had this situation the other day so i was out on a walk and i was walking up one of the main streets kind of in another neighborhood close to mine but i heard this cop i heard a siren go behind me like it sounded like it was a block or two behind me and so sort of my natural instinct was get my phone get the camera open switch it over to video just in case the cop ends up stopping near me and something starts to go down it's like after the cop passed me and kept going on their way and i put my phone away i was just like is this the new normal where we're having to take responsibility as individual citizens to film what may or may not be happening around us just in order to have some evidence and some accountability for things that are happening Mm
0: -hmm. but just a comment that is i think oh that's a fun sound I think that is one of the best things that you could do if you want to help someone who has been perhaps um what's the word like roughed up by the police get that video evidence have your physical presence as a tallish white man just
1: yeah but that's like that's the question of what happens with the the Floyd tr- with the Floyd case if there wasn't someone there filming Mm -hmm. The other question I heard recently posed is what happens, well, I heard it recently, it was posed a year ago, but what happens if Chauvin isn't, or not Chauvin, if Floyd wasn't killed? Mm -hmm. Like, most likely, nothing happens to Derek Chauvin, and George Floyd ends up in jail.
0: Yeah, and now we even have that the other police officers who are with Chauvin, they're being trialed, trialed, tried, separately, so, in the instance that he is found innocent, then those other ones, those other police officers are probably going to go innocent because they're. It sounds like the argument they're trying to build up is if Chauvin is guilty, then these other police officers stood by and did nothing while this man was killing someone. If he is innocent, then these other police officers did nothing wrong. But yeah. again. I think there are a lot of moral implications to this situation which even if even if they didn't do something legally wrong a man has died because of actions that the police took or did not take.
1: Yeah. And I want to move to touch on something else here is the the I don't know whether this is actual or not, but the presence of drugs in George Floyd's system and the question being whether the drugs killed George Floyd or the person killed George Floyd. And my 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 question is, if it were something like if it were a medical condition, not drugs. Like if George Floyd had asthma and Derek Chauvin sat his knee on George Floyd's neck for nine minutes. And George Floyd died of an asthma attack. Would that be the same thing as what is what the question is right now? Or, like, would Chauvin be held accountable because George Floyd died of an asthma attack?
0: Mm-hmm. I found a—let me see if I can find it quick. I liked it a while back. A TikTok where someone actually went through, like, the toxicology report and kind of explained things. Um... Oh, how long ago was that? Or
1: not, not even if it was drugs. If he was just drunk. Like if it was just alcohol.
0: Mm-hmm. That, that, I mean, that kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier. Under what instances is it okay for someone to kill someone else?
1: Yeah. Um, I have frustration in general before you find your thing. Frustration in general that Amer- a lot of Americans see it as acceptable for cops to kill people cops to kill people like that is an acceptable response to what might happen and there are a lot of people uh versed in racial justice issues who would say that um cops sort of took on that responsibility in order to slow stem stop the scourge of lynchings in the united states i'm for those who may not know let me not just leave that there the argument is that like I just said, cops sort of took on the, 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 what would the word be? The purpose, the whatever. But a more violent response by police was sort of seen as taking over for people lynching black people around the country. And that it was removed from the people, quote unquote, people's hands so that it wasn't... There wasn't the question of whether it was a crime or not for lynchings to occur. Which, even then, we still have, like the Ahmad Arbery issue last year, still have things like that happening here. Or George Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin.
0: I'm having a difficult time finding this TikTok, but basically what it was, was someone was like, well, he had amphetamines in his system. So clearly he was on meth and someone broke it down. It's like what probably happened with the drugs that we see in his system at the levels that they were is he was on Adderall or took an Adderall, which shows up as meth because it's basically diet meth. Um, but but I mean, it's helpful for medical conditions, ADHD, ADD, what have you. He probably, so he probably had an Adderall for either a condition or just because people take Adderall. And he probably took a couple hits off of a laced joint or something. So like weed, weed joint. Like he had some weed in his system and it was probably laced with fentanyl. And that's probably why that was in his system, because it wasn't at the high enough level to be like a fentanyl overdose.
1: And all of this for a forged $20 bill. That's the other th- that's the other thing that bothers me when people try to explain away these police brutality issues because someone was committing a crime. And it's like it was a it was a forged20 dollar bill or like all the way back with um with the Ferguson issues with Mike Brown, it was he stole a couple of things from a convenience store and then was maybe getting rough with a police officer. Mm-hmm. so or like I mean, go through the list of issues that have happened in this country mm-hmm. so
0: yeah if I these find are that, our opinions. if I find that tiktok I will send it to you it is possible that it got deleted I also have like hundreds of liked tiktoks
1: once again, I say that was uplifting. Who knows how long this trial is going to take, man.
0: It'll be a while.
1: It's kind of weird, too, because I've been in those courtrooms. because like I did mock trial in high school. And we did our mock trials at the Hennepin County Courthouse downtown. Which is the weirdest thing since it's an up like a, a high-rise building. So the trials happened, like, on the 18th up into the 20-something floors. But I was just thinking about that the other day because I saw a picture from inside the courtroom, and I was trying to remember what the courtrooms looked like.
0: Yeah. Imagine getting called into jury duty for this. (laughs)
1: I would be interested in doing jury duty. I don't know that I would be interested in doing jury duty for this case.
0: I would very quickly be dismissed.
1: I think there's potential that I would be dismissed either way. There's, I knew a guy in Denver who got called in for jury duty, and he was dismissed because one of the. He, what he said was that they asked him a question about whether it was okay to break a law at any point, and he said yes and was dismissed and he thinks it was because of that answer
0: probably i mean one of the things that i learned about when did i learn this probably on twitter i don't know basically a jury can find someone not guilty even if the they believe that the person is guilty of the crime but they think that that law is unjust
1: yeah there's some fun it would I have heard of a similar thing, and it wasn't that they found the person not guilty. They found the person—the suggestion was to find them guilty, but to suggest that no sentence be given. hmm There was a—it might have been a This American Life episode or something like that that someone shared with me. There are a lot of these things as things keep coming up where it's like, I remember hearing a podcast episode about that— but i don't remember where or who but i remember i remember driving through the mountains and listening to a podcast episode about this thing <laughs> that happened with the social media stuff
0: oh, on a different note this chair that you got me i'm pretty sure that at one day i'm at one point i'm going to sit in it and it's just going to fall apart
1: i was curious about that
0: let me see how many screws i can pull out of it one <laughs> another one of these comes out i'm pretty sure
1: maybe you should glue them in
0: oh right now i can only get two out i can usually get three
1: should i send you some super glue
0: well they have these i don't know i maybe threw them away um i think i threw them away they have these little like metal things to uh keep the screws in and those are the things that are falling off Like, the thing that it actually screws into is a separate metal piece, and those are falling off.
1: Yeah, that's probably supposed to be glued in in the first place.
0: Yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure I threw them away.
1: Well, seems like a good idea. This looks important.
0: <laughs> they were on my desk for a while, but I just... I stayed up late last night cleaning... I did four loads of laundry yesterday. Wow. Just trying to get things better organized. Got a space for all my cans on my desk. I didn't want to just keep them all on the fridge. Because apparently putting things on top of your fridge is a very good way to raise your electric bill.
1: Hmm didn't know that well are we done with that conversation
0: i think we (laughs) reached our limit with that conversation that one
1: that one probably needs like a solid defined ending for people listening to the podcast not just going to end it with dead air well not until we say goodbye or something Mm mm-hmm It's not really a thing I want to debate on the internet or at all, but here we are.